0: By emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland dot com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com. dot com slash give.
1: I want to say thank you for being here uh, this Resurrection morning. Thank you for your patience getting in. <laughs> can only imagine what the parking lot looked like. Okay. But God bless you and I love you, okay? Um, and thank you for being here. I want to welcome our online audience and say thank you and, and uh, happy resurrection to you wherever you are. Uh, thank you for being with us. You are our church family, and we, we know that, and we love you, and we thank you for being here with us. And so this morning, um, it's already been a great morning. It rained on Resurrection morning, amen? <laughs> Lord, help! Thought I was seeing things. I thought the thunder was the stone rolling, but it man, <laughs> it was raining. Bless the Lord. But it's a beautiful morning, and I pray it's a beautiful time for you and your family as well. If you have your word, I want to dive right into the scripture. So I entitled uh, the message this morning, "What's Your Easter Story?" What's your Easter story? I want you to let that sit for a little bit because we've. We went shopping and bought a slew of pink shirts, obviously. And we uh, we're all dressed up and we came and we're gonna go home and eat and may have Easter egg hunting, may take naps or whatever we wanna do. And we make much of Jesus' cross on Good Friday and the resurrection of the day and it's beautiful and it's awesome. But technically, that's his story. What's your story? Because whatever your story is, my friend, is when Jesus... Took your dead body, dead in sin, a mess, a wreck. And he loved you enough to go to that cross and save you and take your place. But he also rose again. And when he came in your life, he breathed life into you and you walked out of that tomb. The question is what's your Easter story? Let's look at them today. This is Luke chapter 24. If you have your Bible, follow with me. If you're joining us online, grab your word as well. I'll begin in verse one. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took spices that they had prepared and they went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find this body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men In clothes that gleam like lightning, stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down, their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. Look at verse 7. If you're in the red letters, that's in red, by the way. The son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Look at verse eight. Then they remembered his words. It's a beautiful account. When I saw that, I thought, man, I used to think that the women in verse five I want you to think about these ladies in verse five. These women were what we know today basically as the church. They're followers of Jesus. You can't tell me they're not followers of Jesus. They knew everything about Jesus. They knew about him. You do not take spices, prepare them yourself, and go to the tomb to get his body and to cover them cover his body in spices. You don't stick your head out there like that if you don't love Jesus. Because listen to me, it hadn't been that far from Friday. They crucified him, they beat him, oh, they whooped him, they hung him on a cross. And everyone who followed him and knew him, they disappeared, man. Because if you said you knew him, you might find yourself on the next cross. These women with guts, boy. They took those spices, and they went and asked for his body. And then you look at their response. He wasn't there. They ducked their head. It says they bowed their head to the ground. It's almost as if they gave up. It's almost as if they got tricked. It's like somebody lied to them. It's like, oh, no, not only did he die on a cross, now we don't even know where his body is. And all their hopes and dreams, their king, their Messiah, where was he? And I thought they bowed for for reverence there. When I first saw it, I thought, well, they bowed their heads in worship and reverence. Can I ask you something? Why? The king's dead. Not only is the king dead at this point, they don't even know where he is. Who's worshiping that? They're beat down because they're like, oh my gosh, he's gone, we're next. And I look at the church, I look at these ladies like the church, the church sometimes appears to be downcast. Oh, my soul, why so downcast? Oh, church, why so pathetic looking? Where's your power? Where's your resurrection power? Where is the power that raised Christ from the dead in the church? Sometimes we want to hide. We want to cave in. We want to we we not be and go reach The community, because, oh man, the the community changed around us as a church and now there's a language barrier. Can I say something to you? There's no language barrier with Jesus. Jesus trumps all language barriers. The church does not go. It needs to go and bear witness. He said, I'm sending you to everyone in the world, Jerusalem, Judea, to be my witnesses. Go make disciples. But I look at the church today and I'm like, why isn't church going like that? We looked like the women bowed down going, oh, oh, like a bunch of wet pretzels, man. And I'm like, come on, man. Come on. And I love what they did. They said, why? Why, ladies? Why do you look among the living? Why do you look among the dead for the living? I'm going to play like that drum cage is a tomb because I'm out of space out here and in here, up here. All right? I need a tomb. So the drum cages to him. Why do you look for the living among the dead? That's what they said to him. He's not here. He has risen, amen, just as he said he would. Short-term memory loss is the greatest weapon the enemy has against the church. We forget how good he is. We forget what he did, just like the ladies. They forgot. Look what he says to them. He's not here. He's risen. Don't you remember what he told you? And then what did he do in verse 7? They remind him. They remind the ladies what he said. He will be given over the sinful men. Mm, he was. If you were here Good Friday, that was ugly. He will be what? Crucified. Oh, but on the third day, he will rise again. And then they said together, yes. We remember his words. Church, can we please remember his words? Don't let short-term memory loss by the enemy squash out what God has done in and through your life. Don't let that happen to the church. When I say the church, I mean the little church makes the corporate church, the big church. He's coming back to get whom? The church. He's coming back to get me and you if we know him. He's not bringing the building with him. He's bringing the church with him, amen? Amen. The dead in Christ will rise or boom, the eastern sky parts and we go on to the party with him. That's what's gonna happen. He's coming back to get to church. He's talking about the church. So when I look at the church, I wanna ask you a question. What's your Easter story? What is it? What's your Easter story? Let me say it like this. When was your dead body... In that tomb, dead. In your sin, in your yuck, in your mess, empty, hollow, had no life. When was your dead body resurrected? When, when salvation came to you and you prayed and asked Christ to come in your life and he breathed life into your bones and they began to rattle, as Mark said, and they got up out of that tomb resurrected power, resurrect your life. The old is gone, the new is come. He has buried in Christ in baptism. He's raised to walk a new life. When did you walk that new life? When did you come out of that tomb? When has resurrection happened for you? What is your Easter story? You gotta have an Easter story. Greatest, second greatest story ever told is your Easter story. Now your neighbor has a second greatest story too. And your other neighbor has a second greatest story too. Jesus is the best story ever. And ours is the second greatest. And ours is only second because he's number one. Amen. When was your Easter story? So the church today, when I look at it, especially after the two or three years we've had to go through, it doesn't look the same. It's different. It doesn't look confident. It doesn't look sure. It looks timid. It looks weak. It doesn't come with boldness. It doesn't come with clarity. It looks like it's in a fog sometimes. It looks like it doesn't have purpose. All of that, I believe, is because we are so mixed up in what we believe. I believe people are confused with all church words and a whole bunch of stuff. And God said, I want you to do this for Easter. I want you to clarify some words that we hear in church and by the church because I want the church to be clear about who they are in their Easter story because we have a non-denominational church, which really means we have a denominational church because there's a whole bunch of different denominations in here. There's also a bunch of people in here that had never been a part of church before. There's a whole bunch of people in here that have been hurt by church. There's a whole bunch of people in here that don't like preachers. I know you, okay? I have my eye on you, all right? Watching you, all right? I I get that, and that's okay. But when you get all that, you come from all kind of different stuff. You know, we're, kind of, we're kind of a hybrid church, okay? But when you do that, you have a, a mix of all kind of denominations. And so there's a whole lot of verbiage and church talk and words that come in the church. And sometimes we don't know what we're saying and we don't know what to do. You ever try to go somewhere in the fog when it's really foggy? You ever try to find your own driveway in the fog? You can look really weird. It's like... Driving two-footed, you break, get off the brakes, man. Right? I mean, you're growing up to, you know this street, man. You drive down a hundred thousand times and you go up to this driveway and you go, oh, that's not my driveway. Oh, that's not my driveway. Oh, that's a bar ditch, don't turn there. You finally get in there. So if you have trouble, if you're confused about where you live when it's foggy, how can you help somebody else? You can't. What you need is a clear, sunny day. You need clarity in what you believe and who you are. You need clarity in your Easter story. Because I know this, if you're confused about your Easter story, guess what you're not telling? Right, your Easter story. Because if you don't know it and you're not confident about it, mm, you're not gonna say it. And so if the church isn't telling their Easter story, how's the lost world gonna ever know Jesus' story? Amen. We're simplifying the Bible today. Y'all good with that? No more confusing, hard Easter's. We're simplifying it. God says, I want the church to be clear on its Easter story, confident about who he is and who they are in Christ. So they tell their story, which really means they're telling my story. Amen. So let's look at some words that you hear in church. Because remember what the guys told the ladies. Remember, if I could get closer to you, I'd say, do you remember what he said? Do you remember what he did? You gotta remember. So here's some words that you hear in church often. So here's what I'm gonna do. I decided the best thing to do is give you this opinion. Not man's opinion, a denomination opinion, Person's opinion, I'm going to give you the word of God because I believe the church ought to sound like the church ought to sound like the Bible. When the church doesn't sound like the Bible, you think that world's confused now? Oh, Lord help, they're real confused then. You have the Lord's table, okay, and you have the world's table, right? Jesus gives you a seat because of the cross at the Lord's table, clarity of your Easter story, the world doesn't know that story and we need to know our story because we need to sit at this table not eat at this table okay because the world has nothing for us to eat he feeds us there you need to sit at this table with sinners why jesus sat with sinners he said hey little dude in the tree come down we're gonna go to your house and eat okay so he came down and he went to the house you know what he did he ate you know what else he did he got saved That just happens when you hang with Jesus. When you know your story and you're clear about your Easter story, your lost friends at the table can be born again. And then they got an Easter story. Amen. So this is biblical stuff, not church stuff, all right? Bible stuff. So it's what I wanna look at. So go to Romans. We're gonna start in Romans. If you have your Bible, you need to get it. This is not... Churchy, and it's not opinion by man. This is the Bible. You need to know the Bible. I need to hear a bunch of pages going, okay? I'm going to be listening. We can hear online too, all right? If you're joining us online, grab your Bible. No matter where you're at, just grab your Bible, all right? Don't watch, all right? And look at your phone. Just get your Bible, all right? Salvation, number one. We need to be clear about biblical salvation. What is salvation? What is being saved? What is being born again? What's the Bible say about that? Not what a church says about it, but what the Bible says about it. Romans 3, Romans 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. How many have sinned? All. Then you're smart. All have sinned. All of us jacked up, messed up. Boy, we need a Savior. He knew that. We're all messed up. I was messed up, right? I needed a Savior too. Go over one page. look at Romans 6, 6.23. For the wages of that sin, what you should get paid, what what you should get is death. That don't sound good. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Woo, thank the Lord for Jesus. Because what we were gonna get and should have gotten and deserved with all that sin is death. But Jesus His great gift on the cross gave us what? Eternal life, a great gift. Look over a little bit, go back one page, Romans 5, 8. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners or still sinners, Christ died for us. That's beautiful, beautiful resurrection news. While we were still sinners Christ died for you. Some of you in the house and online need to understand that God loves you so much. That's why he's still chasing you, man. That's why he's still chasing you. John three sixteen says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You saw it Good Friday, ugly death. But whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Go over to Romans 10, see it again. A couple more pages, Romans 10. I don't want you to see my opinion or a church thing. I need you to see the word of God. Love the Bible, let it speak. Romans 10, nine and 10. That if we confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Look down a couple more verses. Look at 13. For everyone who, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Beautiful. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And no one, no one, no one comes to the Father except through me. That's what he says. Oh, Jesus, he's so narrow-minded. That's why I don't like about Jesus. He's narrow-minded. I'm sorry, but narrow is the way. Sorry. He, he's so inclusive. He just needs to be more open-minded. Mm, he's about to open your mind. What I'm saying is, he is open-minded. He said, if anyone will call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Jesus loved the who? World. Oh, my gosh, that's pretty pretty open don't you think anybody red yellow black and white poor rich take bath don't take bath don't matter just come don't get dressed up just come i love you that's what he said that's what jesus said he says in romans 5 1 that when you're justified with christ you 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 have peace what the world needs is peace everybody's trying to make peace create peace do their best to have peace in their life jesus said i am peace you have Jesus, you have peace. You don't have Jesus, you don't have no peace. So that's biblical salvation. Number two, baptism. Got to be very clear about what baptism is because baptism throughout denominations mean a whole lot of different things. People tell me all the time they're baptized. I say, tell me about that. They tell me and I'm like, yeah, that's not the Bible. Okay, it's not bad about them. They're sweet. I love them. They're great. they just doing what they own. They only, you only do what you only know, what you raised. So baptism, fancy word called immersion, okay? Water baptism. Let's look at Matthew. Go to Matthew. People say, why do you get water baptized? What's the deal? Why do y'all put people under the water and bring them out of the water? It's a great question. So what do you do? Well, that's just what we do. That's not an answer, okay? It's not an answer. You show in the Bible. So we we do water baptism because it's in the Bible. Look at Matthew chapter three. This is, ironically called the baptism of Jesus. That's a good thing to follow. Just, just a thought, that's kind of free. Uh, verse 13, Matthew 3, 13. Then Jesus came to Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, fulfill righteousness. Then John consented. That's always good to do. All right. as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went out from the water, went up from the, out of the water, and then at that moment, heaven opened up, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love. Uh, with him, I am well pleased. Now, let me say something to you. I'm, I don't claim to be the smartest guy in the world, but I know this. If you're gonna come out of something, you first have gotta go in something. If, I, if you see me coming out of Tractor Supply, Don't ask me if I just went in. I'm going to question whether you should drive a car. If I I wasn't in there, I wouldn't be walking out of there. If If I'm coming out of tractor supply, it is pretty obvious I was in tractor supply. Amen. Jesus said when he came out of the water, a dove fell. And a voice from heaven said, Ooh, this is my son I love, whom I'm well pleased. Why do we do water baptism? Pretty simple. Jesus did it. Simple as that. We have a scripture reference of why we do it the way we do it. Okay? Other religions do it different ways, and that's fine. I don't, I'm not saying anything wrong with that. I'm just saying. I want to align the church up with the Bible so when the church is out in the world, it's not confused. You have a biblical reference and a backing for why you do what you do and who you are in Christ. Your salvation is biblical, your baptism is biblical. It gives you confidence in your story and your Easter story. When you have confidence and clarity in your Easter story, you tell it. When you don't, you don't tell it. So somebody in the room may say, well, when I was a little bitty kid, I didn't know what I was doing and I prayed this prayer and I got baptized, but then I went off to youth camp and I gave my life to Christ and I'm born again. That's beautiful. That's beautiful proud of you. I will simply say to them, so have you been baptized? Yes. When were you baptized? Over there. I said, no, 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 no. Baptism follows salvation. Doesn't precede it. You ever played baseball? You seen little bitty kids play baseball? They don't know any better. You take them up there, you set them down at home plate, they get in their batter stands, and they hit the ball. They're like, what? And they run the third base. I'm like, oh, Lord, help. And then the coach comes out, picks them up, carries them over here to first base. No, I gotta go here first. Then you go to second base, and they're like running out in the outfield and stuff like that. It's just ugly. It's funny, but it's ugly. And so, I don't know if it's called baseball at that point. It's just called organized chaos. But they're trying their best, okay? What I'm saying is, you've got to go right on salvation. Salvation, baptism, first base, first. Baptism is the first step of obedience. When a person gets saved, they must for what? They must get baptized. Why? Jesus said, after salvation is baptism. Okay? Once you get baptized, then you can go to second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever. But if you get off base on the first step of obedience, chances are you'll be, you'll be jacked up the rest of your life. Okay? And I understand you can go to heaven without, you know, going to being baptized. The thief on the cross did that. Okay, he didn't have time to go join a church, get baptized, and take communion, all that stuff. He just, he just croaked up there on the cross, all right? Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise, all right? But I'm saying to you, baptism is very important. If you're gonna follow Jesus in salvation, you're gonna follow him in baptism. If it was before, you need to get it right and get it on the right side. Can I tell you, you gotta go right, just like in life. Don't go left. Just, just don't go left, just stay right. Don't go left, all right? What I'm saying is you gotta stay right. You gotta do it right. Why do we do it the way we do it? Because Jesus and the word of God says to do it. And people struggle all the time because they have been born again, but the baptism is not on the right side. They're still counting on a baptism over here or other type of baptisms that churches call. We do water baptism. Why do you do water baptism? Because we're serious about following Jesus. Jesus did it, we're gonna do it. That's why we do it. So if you're here today and you need to be baptized, you need to Come. We'll baptize you. We're gonna baptize at the end of the service. You can be one of those. Water's warm. We got shorts, T-shirt, and towels. You don't need nothing else. Amen? So I'm gonna give you some words real fast that that you hear all the time by the church. It leads to a lot of confusion. And then I'm gonna give you one word at the end. So the first three words I'm gonna give you, they're not in the Bible. Don't you know why we use them? They confuse a lot of people. Last word I'm gonna give you is in the Bible, and it's very important to you. So you hear sometimes about people, they say, "Uh, I'm gonna get re-baptized. I just want to hug them. I just want to hug them, buy them cotton candy. I'm like, dude, that's not a word. Uh-huh, I'm going to get rebaptized. I was baptized over here, and now I got saved, and so I'm going to get rebaptized. No, you can get baptized. First time, you just got wet like a puppy. You got in the bathtub, didn't use no soap, still smell like a dog. All you did is get a towel wet. You, you didn't do nothing. Well, my mommy was happy. Well, mommy can be happy again. So what I'm saying is that didn't matter over there because baptism... Okay, is is it, it, it's a that's a product of salvation, salvation. Okay, that right there, that's a bapt, that's a baptismal. Right? There's water in there. It's where people have been baptized. That's not salvation. Can I say that to you again? So a, lot of, a lot of religions confuse that. That is not salvation. That's a byproduct of salvation. That's that's because of salvation. Okay, it's not, if, if you're here today and you say, well, I got baptized, I got baptized a lot of times, I'm probably gonna make it. Nope, I'm not. You're not gonna make it. Because an act or works doesn't save man. Grace of God does. You can't do, you can't do all the right things, okay? We're gonna baptize the guy at the end of the service? He's a deacon in our church. He also sat on the, on, on the marriage ministry team. 46 years old, lost. Asking about his Easter story, <laughs> he had no Easter story. He didn't have one. Got one now. Baptism follows salvation. Doesn't precede it, okay? You can't get rebaptized. It's not in the Bible, okay? It's just not in the Bible. Another word words, we use a lot, confuses the church a lot, recommitment. I know what you're saying, but recommitment's not in the Bible. It, it, it confuses a lot of people. And I'll talk about a, a, a biblical word in just a little bit. The other word is rededication. Oh, I hear that a lot. I did 18 years of student ministry. Youth camp is rededication camp. I'm just telling you, you hear it all the time. Got a camp t-shirt on, been away from the friends and girlfriends and, and all their stuff for a week, and, and, and God illuminates how they're living, and they, 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 they stand and say, I wanna rededicate my life. All right, in two weeks that wears off. Because here's what happens. You can't rededicate something that's never been dedicated. Okay. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Okay. I'm just saying it. The Bible says there's no such word as rededication, right? There is a word called repentance. That's a Bible word. That's a biblical word. That's a Jesus word. Okay. Rededication is not in the Bible. Okay. So if Melissa and I, my wife, if we're going to renew our vows, what must have taken place first? vows, yeah. Isn't it simple when you put it that way? Okay, how do you renew something you never did? How do you rededicate something you ain't got? I mean, there's just, when you simplify, it's like, oh, that doesn't make no sense. Re- Listen to me. You can't rededicate. I know people, I'm seriously, I know people and I love them deaf. They, I bet they've rededicated their life 13 times. And 14's coming. Because you cannot Do it apart from the resurrection power of Jesus. If you've not been born again, you can't live the life that Jesus wants you to live. If he needed the resurrection power to rise and walk out of the tomb, guess what? You and I do too. We gotta have it. Your Easter story must be what? When I was dead in my sins and transgressions, and, you, and God cried out to God and he saved me and he empowered me with the Holy Spirit of God. And I walked out of that tomb to live a new life. Same name, same appetite, dress the same, but a new dude. I was 10 years old, First Baptist Church in Athens, Texas, when I did that. Back then in a the Baptist church, a pastor was the only one that stood down front. Most intimidating thing you ever seen in your life. It's truth. And he never looked like he was glad to be there. I was like, boy, that'll change the church. And so I'm sitting over there with my mom and dad. And that time, I don't know what it was about Baptists. We sat in age order in church. Dad, mom, me, because I was the oldest, then my brother, then my sister. I was like, golly, is this a Baptist thing? What is the deal in this? And so I had to go around my mom and dad, come down to the front. He's, sitting, he's standing right there. I just walked up to him. I was 10 years old. I said, I need to give. He said, he's about to say, what are you here for? What'd you come for? And I said, I need to give my life to Jesus Christ and be born again. He looked at me like, you a smoky little 10-year-old. Hey, I knew. I was a mess. He said, what can you be saved from at 10? Bubblegum? Oh, Lord, help. You didn't know me at 10. Bubblegum was at three. I was way past bubblegum. All right. I was bad hombre. And, and trust me, I needed Jesus. Because 10 more years at 20, oh, Lord, help the poor. It would have been bad. So, so listen to me. I needed Jesus. What you understand is that, that you need Jesus in your Easter story. You can't have an Easter story without Jesus. Same power that raised Christ from the dead raised you from the dead. The word that's in the Bible is repentance. Okay? It's not rededication, not recommitment. It's not being rebaptized. It's called repentance. Repentance is a big old church word that simply means to turn just means to turn. I'm going this way, away from God. I am, and I'm doing it on my own choices. I know what I'm doing, and I'm walking away from God. And one day at youth camp, or men's retreat, or women's retreat, or marriage retreat, or church, something happens, and God knocks on my heart. And he says, turn, turn, man, turn and repent, and come back to me. I'll save you, man. I'll make you new. Tommy, several weeks ago, preached a great message on repentance. Acts 2.38, Peter says this, repent and be baptized. What first? Repent. Didn't say baptize and and then repent, did he? What's first? Not baptism, salvation. Repent, come back to God. Some of you in the room and online right now, that question about what's my Easter story? Woo! That's heavy on you. Because you got religious activity, but you don't have a relationship. You're thinking, oh, I got a baptism certificate, my mom's got it. Well, that ain't gonna get it done. If you got saved after or you haven't been saved, and all you're counting on is baptism, you're a mess. You need to get saved today. You do. You need to make your life line up with the Bible. What's your Easter story? What's your Easter story? We either have something to remember or we don't have something to remember. And how are you going to tell your boy and your daughter your Easter story if you don't have an Easter story? The Easter story of Jesus rising again on the third day from a tomb is his story. You must have your story, okay? The question on the floor this morning is simply this. Do you need to repent of the direction your life is going and turn back to God and say, God, I'm a mess, I'm a mess, and everything I touch, I mess up, and I need you to save me and make me new. God, I, I I need that in my life. I can't be the daddy I want to be. I can't be the wife I want to be. I can't be the son or daughter I want to be without you. Today, I need you, Jesus. Will you, for the first time in my life, give me an Easter story? I know yours, and I love it, but I need one in my own life. Is that you today? Here's what I'm going to do. I know it's Easter. I know there's a lot of people here, but I wanna see if anybody is gutsy enough. Jesus says in his word, if you will acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before the Father. But if you don't acknowledge me before men, I won't acknowledge you before the Father. Is there anybody in here that for the first time in your whole entire life, you know that you need to get saved? You're lost, you know that? don't have a relationship with the Lord, you don't have an Easter story, will you stand right now? Have the guts to stand right now. Every service someone has stood. Are you going to stand today? You came in here and you know, man, thank you. Thank you. You came in here, you know. Somebody else. You You don't have a relationship with the Lord. You don't. If your child asked you about your Easter story when you got home a day, it would mess you up. You would make up a reason to go feed the dog. What's your Easter story, man? You got one? You need a savior? Stand right now, just stand, man. Say, Jeff, I don't have this church thing figured out. Good, I don't either. I pastor a church, don't have it all figured out. You don't need to, he loves you. Amen, amen, thank you so much. Y'all stay standing, y'all stay standing. You had somebody join you. I was talking to them, I'm behind you, sorry. I want you to look at me, okay? I'm gonna lead you in a word of prayer, okay? And I want you to pray what I pray, all right? It's just simply asking Jesus to save you, okay? It's as simple as A-B-C, admit, believe, confess. It's just in the Bible, okay? If you do that, then you're born again just like that, okay? All right, Father, thank you for the cross you repeat what I say. Father, thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I do not have a relationship with you. I ask, Father, that you will come inside of me and save me, make me new. Breathe into my dead body and give me a resurrection in my life. God, thank you for saving me this morning. Thank you for giving me an Easter story. I love you. And I say thank you to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all give them a round of applause. Thank you. Stay up. Y'all stay up. Stay up. Stay up. Woo. I want y'all to come down here with me. Come down here. I know this is is pushing you. I know. Come on. Come on. My pastors are going to come down. They're going to they're minister to you. If, if you, look at me, if you want to get baptized right now, I mean, we've got the clothes, shorts, T-shirt, towels, everything. I know you didn't come Easter Sunday dressed up to do that, but man, this is beautiful. That water right there is warm like a hot tub. All right? It needs you, okay? Some of y'all are like, I want to come. Right? What I'm saying is, it's nice. All right? We'll get you baptized. You can be saved and baptized. And when you walk out of here today, you have an Easter story. You have an Easter story to tell it. Amen. So these guys, my pastors, are gonna take you back there. If you're ready to get baptized, we'll change. You got. We'll give you the stuff to change. and We'll get you baptized. They won't leave because they can't wait to see you again. All right, I'm proud for you. Y'all give them a hand one more time. <clears throat> Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand, church. That's what Easter is about right there. So let me say something to you. I know some of you in the audience, uh, and maybe even online. Maybe if you're online and, and that was you today, wherever you were, you prayed that prayer, I pray you message us. Just send us a message. Let us know that, okay? Because we would love to follow up on you as, with, as a church, okay? We won't just leave you out there. He said, make disciples, not converts. So we want to help you with that, okay? And so listen to me. I know some of you in the room, okay? Your baptism isn't where it needs to be. I know that. You know that. It's been a struggle in your life. You share with me all the time. Jeff, my my baptism isn't on the right side. As we're worshiping, as we're singing, if if you just say, I can't go any longer with my baptism all jacked up. I got to line it up with the Bible so I have confidence in my story. You just go right out there. If you go out those double doors, my pastors are out there. They'll find you. And we, if you want to get baptized before you leave, we can do that. I, I tell you, baptism, big deal. It messes a lot of people up. So if that's you, you go out there, okay? I'm going to pray over us. We're going to worship. And then we're going to see some more people get baptized in a little bit. Father, we love you. Thank you for Easter. Thank you for resurrection. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that has called many, many new people to Christ today. Thank you that there's some people today that have a real Easter story. And God, we celebrate that so much today. We thank you. Thank you for the tune. May we worship you now in Christ's name, amen. If you're on the ministry team, I'm gonna invite you to come and take your spot. If you want us to pray over you or pray for you, that's what they're here for. So let them do that. Let them agree. Thank you.